Prep Rally, the podcast. It's Tuesday, July the 21st, and I'm Chip Souza, joined by Henry Apple and Paul Boyd. We also have a couple of special guests with us today. We've got Bentonville High's Bruise Brothers, 42 and 45, better known as Cole Joyce and Keegan Steinspring. If you don't know them, then you hadn't been tackled by them. That's all I'm saying. So they're here with us today. We're going to talk a little COVID-19, a little high school football, and just kind of what these guys have been up to and what they're thinking about as we hopefully head toward the start of a high school season. So a little while earlier today, earlier this morning in Texas, we've been kind of waiting on that to see how that domino was going to fall. And the Texas uh, Interscholastic League, the University Interscholastic League there announced that they were, going, they were going to start football on time for the smaller classification schools, the 1A through 4A schools. And the four, 5A and 6A schools were going to have a delay of about, looks like about three weeks. Um, the smaller schools will start on time. Their practices can start August the 3rd which, guys, that's like two weeks away. So they're going to start on time, and their season will start on time, which I think is the 27th, 28th of August. But for the larger schools, the 5A and 6A, they're not going to get to start practice until September the 7th, and their seasons won't start until September 24th. So we've had a couple of Northwest Arkansas schools to be affected by that. Um, Springdale Harbor was going to play McKinney uh, down in Texas in their $70 million football stadium that opened a couple of years ago. So that game is not going to happen. But Harbor found a replacement. They're going to go to Jinx, Oklahoma, for their season opener. And then Bentonville West, who was scheduled to play Mansfield Legacy, I believe, that's correct, in the season opener, they are now going to be playing Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, in their season opener at home. So those two uh, teams were schools were able to find opponents. Uh, and now this is all assuming that Arkansas starts on time because we still haven't heard yet from the Arkansas Activity Association about any delays. You know, there's been all kinds of speculation and rumors that football would be flipped to the spring, that it was going to be delayed, that it wasn't going to happen at all. And we don't know yet. But what we do know is the states that surround Arkansas, this is what we do know. Oklahoma is on time. And they're going to start practicing, I believe, full contact next week. Um, Texas, I just told you about that. Missouri has never really stopped. They're, they're full, wide open, going great gun style. They did last week send out guidelines to member schools. And there's some interesting things in those guidelines. And one of them is if a school in Missouri decides to go virtual or online only, they will not be allowed to participate in sports for this calendar year or for that period of time. Now, you could have some schools, Henry, who may say, we're going to go virtual until December. So that would mean no sports at that school until that time. And then if they, in December, said, okay, we reevaluated it, now we're going to go back to in-person for the second half of the school year, then they would be allowed to participate in sports for that time frame is what I was told today. So you got that going on, and then there's – so all the states around Arkansas, there's kind of different things. But the one thing that is abundant is that they're either going to start on time or with a slight delay. None of the states around Arkansas have said are, – are going to make a move to flip the fall sports with the spring. So uh, that's what we wanted to talk to Cole and Keegan about today. So, Keegan, we're going to start with you since you're the closest. You haven't gotten a chance to do spring football. No team camp, no seven-on-seven. What have you guys, like, have you been able to kind of stay in shape, and more specifically, football shape? I mean, it's kind of hard. I mean, the only way to really practice football and get in shape for football is putting on the pads and hitting, and that's a big thing I miss is I love hitting dudes, and I go with my buddies and we'll wrestle to just kind of get a little aggressiveness towards each other and get that 
football feeling going all Locking the time. Knocking holes in walls oh, and yeah. things like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wrestling yeah. around. By the way, I've each heard other. drywall repair uh, <laughs> people are, are big business now because, oh, you know, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I've, I've messed up a couple drywalls. Yeah, but, there uh, you go. There you go. Yeah, I've got too much energy not playing football and doing all those seven and sevens and pad camps and just miss them a lot. I mean, I wish I wish my senior year I could have spent all that time with all my brothers and my teammates that I've spent so long with ever since I got to high school playing football with them. One last senior ride with all of them. And I mean, I think we got a great team coming up this year and I Really looking forward to see what happens and hope we got the opportunity to be able to play this year. I think you will. I'm not sure that it'll start on August 28th for you guys, but I I'm, I think you'll you're gonna you're gonna play your season. I think. Cole, I'm gonna kick it over to you. Now you have already made a verbal commitment to go to South Florida, and you and I were talking about this uh, that you you right now are scheduled to be an early enrollee. Um, but if something were to happen and the season were to get flipped over, what would be you know what, what how would that change what you're planning on doing? Well, I would have to definitely discuss it with my parents and whatever's like best for me and the Tigers. And, you know, ultimately the decision would probably be to stay and then come in the summer. Um, but hopefully we are able to play in the fall and everything will go as kind of planned. Cole, you haven't gotten to tackle anybody since when the North Little Rock playoff game last the end of November. I mean, <laughs> you got to be climbing the walls. Are you knocking holes in sheetrock too? Uh, I'm not doing that, but I'm definitely – very ready to get back, and I, I, we're all working out and stuff. But it's, you can't really replicate like fo- like football, like drills and stuff with tackling and everything. So we're all really kind of ready to get back to that and all, really like working out. Keegan, what do you got? I know, I know. You know, we've talked about this a little bit. Small group workouts. What what, what exactly is that? What are you able to do in small group? So really, it's not that much compared to what we usually do. I mean, it, it's a lot harder. Because uh, we all have to wear masks the whole time during football practice. Unless we're working out and moving, we can take it off. But anytime we're moving around or switching off groups, you don't, you can't really talk to anyone because the mask kind of muffles your mouth and everything. So really, me and Cole are in this combo group of working out, and then we have the lineman group and the skill group. And we don't really ever get to see like the lineman group or the skill group or really talk and hang out with them because we're also social distance and stuff. And like I'll still see Cole and all my combo buddies, but it'd definitely be nice to get back to where I can see all my teammates regularly and be able to create those bonds, and that's going to carry us through this football season this year. Cole, you know, COVID-19 is a real thing. Um, you know, uh, as a football player, do you have any fear of playing in a football game right now? No, sir, not at all. I mean, I, I would – uh, I'd play right now. I have, uh, I'd, I'm willing to take the risk for football, 100%. Keegan, what are some of the things, in your opinion, that could be done to make it safer? And are you, you know, are you guys? First of all, let's st- we'll start with the mask. Now, I think everybody would agree you really can't play football with a mask on your mouth. Yeah. Um, are there any things that can be done to make that safer or better? Um, I'm not, I mean, I'm no scientist or anything. I'm not for sure on exactly. But you stayed at a Holiday Inn Express one time, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. I think you could change up some things like, I mean, I, I want to play no matter what really. And if it comes down to it, I think some, some of the things that could be taken approaches, if it's a matter of how many people are on the field, maybe have less people dressing out for games and 
more of just the kind of 11 dudes on defense, 11 guys on offense, and a couple backups to go with it. So you're ready In to play case. quarterback. Is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll play both ways. <laughs> I would love that, by the way, Henry. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, that, the Wildcat or yes. Wild oh, yeah. Tiger yeah. offense, yes. something like that, that'll work. I would, I would love that. I'd love to see you guys play quarterback. That would oh, yeah. be great. Not, not to, I'm not taking anything away from the guy, your quarterback now, but I'm just saying – I want to see 45 and 42 with the ball in their hands as Run much the as ball, possible. Lamar Jackson. Yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. Um, so, Cole, um, are you guys like have, – have coaches talked to you guys like – I know you guys play both offense and defense. So, I know you don't come off the field that often. But you, you, you are kind of the exception rather than the norm at a Class 7A school in Arkansas. Most of the schools are – we have 11 guys on offense and 11 completely different guys, dudes on defense. Um, but when you come off the field – Rare as that may be, are you having a mask up at that point, or is it, uh, you know, they talked about that? For, like, our season coming up? Like, yeah, if you're on the sideline and not involved in a play. Uh, we haven't talked about that, but that's what I think. We might have, like, one of those, like, masks you pull up. Like, maybe we may wear those. Like a gator type thing? or Almost, like, I, I have no idea, but something like that may probably work. Yeah. But I, I bet. I mean, it'd be kind of hard just because you're trying to breathe and stuff, but if that's what we have to do, we'll definitely do that. Of course, the, the earlier games would have a bigger impact on that than the later games. The heat, um, obviously, humidity would play a big role in that and keeping a mask on your face, um, even even when you come off the field. Um, have you guys considered, or is anybody on your team going full, full bubble uh, plastic shield? Is that something anybody has talked about, or have you seen? Have you seen the ones that the NFL's doing with the, you know, they used, you know, they have the half visors. Now Oakley, I think, um, has partnered with the NFL and they've, they've created a full uh, plastic mask where it would have it has a holes for to breathe uh, plus underneath it. But didn't know if anybody, if anybody would have it, Bentonville. Players, some Bentonville players could have it. Have you guys seen anything like that or heard anything about that? No, sir. No, no sir, we haven't. Okay, okay. Um, so, moving forward, um, you know, you guys haven't lost anybody who's been who's tested positive, correct? You guys have not had any interruption in your workouts. Are you guys tested regular? How, how do they – what's your protocol when you get to the, to the uh, locker room or, or the field house every day, your indoor, when you get there every day? So basically, we come in or we come in through the gates, and then you got to fill out a sheet saying that you haven't been out of town and in uh, hotspot places for the COVID nineteen, and that you haven't had a fever and stuff like that. And you have to sign that every day when you when we come in, and we all got to stay spaced out throughout the whole day with our masks on. And yeah, that's pretty much what they make us do for that. Cole, you look like a guy who's lifted weights a couple of times in his life, maybe. <laughs> um, what are some of the protocols that I – know, I know you guys are lifting, but what are some of those protocols that are in place for that? Well, so we're a little – our program's a little different. We're not going into the weight room. So we're bringing them out on, like, almost like the – the end zone of the field. Okay. So okay. we're not we haven't really benched any, but like we're we're doing a lot of overhead press, uh, cleans, all that, and we're all staying like spread out. We only have two to like a, a a bar, so like like one will go, then one will space out, and then another will go. So you clean in the bar between each after each person, or is anything like yes, that. Yes, sir. Yeah, we're that th we spray it down and we wipe it each time. You know, you guys are part of the locker room culture. You grew up in locker rooms. Uh, those of us who played, you know, same thing. Um, how different does that locker room look now? Empty. We can't even go in it. I mean, that's for you guys. This is, I mean, the, the culture shock of that alone. A lot of people who don't understand, if you're listening to the podcast, of course, this is sports, and, and you know, 
people who have, weren't, haven't been part of that culture and haven't been in a locker room and that kind of thing, there's a the brotherhood in there that's been really it, – it, it's, and it's somewhat – and you guys answer it. It, it kind of affects you psychologically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I it, mean, it, it doesn't mean it doesn't feel like your take. It doesn't feel like football if you're not going to the locker room every day. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so, you know, you guys are, are seeing this change. It started, you know, for you guys in March. Um, are you seeing any improvement? Is it something you're kind of, kind of getting used to, or do you feel like you've fully adjusted? You know, where do you guys feel like you are mentally here, you know, a a few weeks before the season would start? I mean, it's definitely a lot different. I mean, there's no one to kind of look ahead and see, like, oh, when this happened to them, they did it this way, which we're kind of that new fresh meat experiencing it for the first time. So it's, it's still definitely a big adjustment. I mean, We've played, we've been starting since sophomore year. We're always used to going to these pad camps and the seven-on-sevens, and we'd be suited up right now hitting each other, and that just creates such a good bond with each other because you're making plays, you're having a good time, running around with your buddies, getting hyped up, making some big hits during practice. And with all that, without all that, it's definitely a big difference. And like you were saying with the locker room, you can't see everyone and talk to everyone as much as you want. And... Even like after practice, we go. Everyone's supposed to go straight to their cars, and we all have to leave. There's no really like hanging out after practice, talking or anything. So it's definitely a big like hinderment to I feel like our team as a brotherhood because we're not able to get as close as we have been in the past. But I think once we, if as long as they start on the same schedule where we're gonna start suiting up and pads soon and hitting, I think it'll adjust pretty fast because our group's still a really good and close group of football players. Kyle, what about you? You know, like, with without all the pad camps and stuff, like, it's hard to know where our team's at, like, potential-wise, which I I think we do have a lot of potential. But um, it's hard to not know because we haven't faced anyone. So just kind of, like, trusting that, like, we're doing the right things and all that. And like you said with, like, the locker room, like, none of us are really getting to, like, talk at all. Like, it's, we're, like, all working out. Like, you'll talk to, like, maybe five people in the workout and then and then some coaches. And, like, you're it's almost like you're working out by yourself or, like, three people and not really, like, having, like, that team, like, energy. But, like, we're – our coaches have, like, made some, some – made some things to try to help that and, like, try to make it um, as normal as it possibly can. If I put you in charge right now, what would you – what would you do? Well, for me, I, I I'd start right now. I, I like I'd start full contact tomorrow. But you know, I I know that that's not. I mean, if if I was in charge, that's what I would do. What would you do, Keegan? The same thing. I'd suit up the pads on everyone and say, let's start hitting each other. All right. So we've been talking with Keegan Steinspring and Cole Joyce. Cole, when uh, if things go normal, you'll be an early enrollee. What in these, uh, January? Early January. South yes, Florida. Sir. Have you when you? When you took your trip down there, when, when was that? Was it like, did you actually get to go down there? I haven't. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So how you did it, like by Zoom, or how did you, how did you, uh, how did, how did it all come to be for you? So like when I, how I committed, um, I got on the call with the UCF coaches, and then like I, I told them, and then I, I've watched like a lot of videos. And on I said it. South Florida. It's actually Central Florida. Central yeah. Florida. Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah. And um, just kind of like getting some feels and uh, 
Quaid Mosier. Oh yeah, I, I, from uh, Fayetteville. Right? Yes, sir. Yeah, I've talked to him a lot. He's down there, and he's he's given me some guidance on it, and like what he does and doesn't like about it, and that was just like the best choice for me. I have no regrets at all. The main thing is, how close is it to the beach? Oh, it's about thirty minutes. There you go. <laughs> was that a factor? Uh, you want to see Zoom of Zoom because of that, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I understand that. I, I totally get that. So, guys, thanks for being on with us today, and we are looking forward to hopefully seeing you guys out on the football field at some point this season, if it's in a couple of weeks or a couple of months or whenever that is. Nobody wants you guys to get on the field. I know you want to get out there. I want to see you guys out there because uh, I know how much of a part of life that football is and athletics are, and I know that um, you know a lot of people can say, well, it's just sports. Well, you know what? To these guys, it's a hell of a lot more than that. Um, it's, it's, it's a major part of their life. It's a major part of their growing up. Um, it's a major part of who they are. It's not all of who you are, um, but it's a big part of who you are. And uh, I want to see the volleyball players and, and cross-country runners and football players and all these kids, especially the seniors, uh, you know, last fall, last spring when, when, when that got taken away from those kids, um, you know, that's just, you know, something they'll never get back. Hopefully this, you know, is going to be, uh, you know, we're going to ease into this. It's going to be smooth. We, there will be bumps in the road for sure as because it, Keegan, I think it's like you said, there's no blueprint. Nobody's ever gone through this before. Um, so there's going to be bumps in the road. The thing is, you know, just stay calm and, and, uh, Let's do the best thing for, for everybody concerned and, and uh, try to get back to some sense of normalcy of whatever that is nowadays. So, guys, thanks for being with us today. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank and we are back with Prep Rally, the podcast, and I'm joined by Henry Apple and Paul Boyd, and I'm Chip Susan. We want to thank, again, those guys from Bentonville being here. Uh, you know, it's, it's good to see guys, football players that, that – know what's going on. They're well aware, probably 10 times smarter than me and believe that bar's not set too high. But, um, Henry, you've been around those guys a lot more than I have. They're just, you know, two great kids. They are. Uh, Cole Joyce, you know, just, you know, he, he's Division One verbal commitment. That speaks for itself. And Keegan Stein's brain, I've always considered him, he is the silent assassin. Hey, boy, the he is. He know? is that. That's 45, uh, if you don't know, in the program. Keegan forty five and Cole forty two, yeah, and and they if one don't get you, the other one will. Yeah, they're the anchors. They're that those two on the inside linebackers. So and so they're the leaders of the bunch, and where they lead, the rest will follow. It's funny too because Keegan, I've seen him kind of play a little bit of you know he also steps back a little bit and plays somewhat of a strong safety from time to time. Just kind of depends on what the you know what the defensive formation is. But both of those players, in addition to being great players, great kids. So, Paul, we're starting to get some announcements here and there from the states around us um, about what their expectation is for the fall and what the guidelines are, what the protocols are. Um, this weekend, starting on Friday, the sports editors of the uh, WECO properties, that would be the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, which is us, the Democrat Gazette in Little Rock, the Texarkana Gazette, uh, Hot Springs Sentinel Record, and El Dorado, we have all joined together in a group to put together a large package that deals with COVID-19 and scenarios that could involve the high schools in Arkansas. Uh, the first story that we're going to do is if there are no delays and there are no changes and no flipping of sports, what will sports look like in the fall? And we're going to have that story that will be in the Friday edition. Paul, you're writing a story 
uh, that's going to be in the Saturday edition of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette that will deal with what about if, if sports are moved around and tightened up and, and, and dates moved, how does that affect kids who do multiple sports? And we have quite a few of those around here. Absolutely, and, and I've talked to several and I mean, it, it's just, it, it affects them in so many different ways, not just the, you know, oh, this sport moves to here, this sport moves to there. And they're like, oh, some people say, well, that's just a simple fix. It's, it's far, 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 far from, from simple. simple. It's, uh, I mean, now, Paul, some of the kids that you talked to, I think you mentioned uh, that Drew Dudley at, um, at Shallow Christian, um, and th- th- these are mostly small school schools, but there are also some kids at the larger, you know, 7A schools are affected. But Drew Dudley is a kid who plays football and baseball and basketball, right? Well, he didn't, he didn't play basketball this year, but, but he has been rehabbing a torn labrum. Okay. So, honestly, the, the time off has not been b- too bad for him. It's done well I mean, for him. He's, he's yeah. just simply worked to get to rehab and get stronger and be back. Right. Now, he's ready. I mean, he's chomping at the bit to play football. Sure he is. So, uh, he's he's part of your story. Um, Kaylin Coons. Coons. of Springdale Harbor. And she's, of course, at the largest, you know, one of the largest schools in the state. She is a standout basketball player, which everybody knows, but she's also a standout volleyball player. So, volleyball and football are two of the sports, along with soccer, that the AAA never has granted full clearance for them to go full contact practice with. Um, and that's a big part of her life is volleyball, and but basketball is too. Um, so, you know, kids like that, and there are a lot of them out there, um, those multi-sport um, athletes who, if the seasons are, are condensed or they're moved or they're flipped or in any way the schedule is altered, it will have an impact on those. Oh, it has big impact. I mean, and even Lance Taylor, who I visited with, mentioned the one thing that a lot of people haven't talked about is if we're all if, – if 50 states are doing 27 different things, the kids from the standpoint of recruitment and that sort of college recruiting, uh, they can't be seen. Everything gets the, – the apple cart gets upset because – they're not they're not all on the same page. Let's take a look at the two kids that we just had here Correct. in this office. All right. Cole Joyce has already verbally committed and has a full committable scholarship offer from Central Florida. He's he's locked in. All he has to do right now is sign his letter of intent and make it official. Keegan Steinspring, on the other hand, hasn't committed anywhere yet and could use the twenty twenty season as a springboard to get an offer to who knows to where it could, you know, he could go from, from division two to division one with, you know, with a great season. So kids like that. So not only does that impact and Paul, what you're saying kind of goes along with that. If kids from Oklahoma start on time and kids from Arkansas start later, the kids from Oklahoma have a, they get a jump start. Um, you know, the larger schools who could, you know, let's take a, a UCA, for example. I'm just, just throwing this out there. Sure. UCA is that next level up from, you know, their, their division FBS or one FBS or whatever. FCS. They, FCS. FCS. Um, so let's say Keegan Steinspring is on their radar, but so is Billy Bob Smith from Broken Arrow. Signing day is in December, so the sample size of seeing them play shrinks down even farther because mm-hmm. the early signing period in December. Keegan is two, two or three games or weeks behind the kid from Oklahoma who UCA can go see play ahead of time. 
there's no question he gets he's going to get preferential more, treatment. He, he's sure. going to because you're going to see him. So those are things that you don't take into consideration that not only would impact his football career but his academic career as well. So those are things that well, Kaylin Coons, as we all another know, one, another well, prime as example. we all know, she's a junior. What year do they get seen? That's when you want to. That's, that's when you'd like to have your offers start to fall into place. Exactly, and she already has a couple. She has offers in both sports already, but not very many. Yeah. So this whole junior, the junior year is when people really exactly. get to see you. Exactly. And you get some of those offers, so you can kind of have some idea of what right. your future is going to look like. We talked about this earlier during the, the podcast with the, with the football players, but Texas announced today that they are going to have a two-phase uh, reintroduction of fall sports. The smaller classification schools, and this is based on population sizes, and uh, with the understanding that the larger the population size, the more you, this COVID-19 can spread. Okay, So they're starting with the smaller schools because they are least less populated. Now, there's still going to be 11 football players on each side of the football. It doesn't, you know, that doesn't change because you're in 1A or, or 5A. But they're going to delay the start of the season. So that was big news out of Texas today that the smaller schools are going to start on time right along with the calendar, and the larger schools are going to be delayed by about three weeks. That was interesting news. But, Paul, you're a basketball guy. I'm a basketball guy. Basketball in Texas got impacted big time today by the UIL's decision to – Allow there are no school, no public schools in Texas will be allowed to participate in tournaments. Yeah, I mean, we talked about that earlier, and like I said, the invitational tournaments, I, I understand. Okay, that's December, that's November, December. It's still early. Right. We, you know, we're we're still in a in a time frame where, you know, cases are up and that sort of thing. So I could understand that. But you're going to tell me that they're going to make made they made a call today about tournaments in February and March. Right. Yeah. So the way the Texas playoff system works, there's single games in the first, I think, four rounds of the playoffs. There's a by district, an area, mm-hmm. and or maybe something like that uh, before they get into a quote-unquote tournament. Now, their tournaments in Texas are not anything like the ones in Arkansas. They're, they're only four-team little pod tournament. Mm-hmm. So the first tournament they would hit in the postseason would be a regional tournament. By the way, in, in Texas, too, it's, it's a one-and-done. There's not a real tournament. It's not a tournament format, double elimination. So when you, if you lose, you're done. Um, but the first like tournament they go to is regionals, um, and there are four teams there, and the two there's two games played on one day, and those winners play for the championship the next day, and then they go on to state, and they do the same thing. The state is only a four final four. So they announced today that regional tournaments would be affected by that as well in Texas. So that will mean that that will add some time probably to the playoff format in basketball because they would play, I guess, the first round regional tournament at this school and this school, and then the right. two winners would play it uh, the Get next together day or someplace or different or whatever. So that would add a little bit of time to it. Um, so that, I found that to be a, a very surprising announcement yes. today considering the, the time gap between now and the end of February. But you, you made the point as well when we were talking about it earlier, though, they could go ahead and, you know, in January we have some different developments, and they could backtrack and, they could. and, and change that. They so. could. Um, so that's what they're doing in Texas. I didn't really, Paul, take a look, and Henry, I didn't take a look at what the, how the other sports are impacted. But I think volleyball is going to be the same way as football. The smaller schools will start to practice August the 3rd, and then the 5A and 6A will start. I think it's going to – I think it falls under that. Don't 
quote me on that. I, I, didn't I think really, that's correct. Um, so you'll see that. Um, we know that Oklahoma is – they've hit the green – they've, they've got their foot on the gas. They're, they're going. Missouri. Uh, Missouri. Pretty, pretty close. Uh, a few little uh, things that they announced last week, some, some guideline things, like, for example, if a school decides to go all online or virtual, they will not be allowed to participate in sports. So that's a little change there. Tennessee is going to make a decision. I believe it's going to be tomorrow or Thursday. I think um, Georgia. I think Georgia is a state that's like deciding maybe they, as we speak. Yeah, maybe. I think I think they announced that they're delaying okay. is what they're going okay. to do. Um, Louisiana announced a while ago that they were going to delay the start of their season by a couple of weeks. Um, so that's how you know that's how they're going to be impacted. So all the states around Arkansas have either made announcements or or will be making them tomorrow or the next day. So all we're waiting on now is for what the AAA is going to do here in this state. And I'm sure what they've, they've done is they're, they're waiting to see what others, because uh, so many of the border schools in this state are impacted by what other states do. I mean, it'd be like any other state, the same thing. Um, but it's a little different in Arkansas because there's so few of the larger schools um, it's difficult to find those non-conference games. Yeah, finding opponents is, yeah. is very difficult. And so like today's announcement in Texas where they're going to delay their 5A and 6A, we, we know of two schools here in our backyard that were impacted by schedule scheduling. So Springdale Harbor and, and Bentonville West lost their two uh, season openers because of it, but they had made contingency plans, and uh, Harbor had, has a game – had it already lined up with Jinx, Oklahoma, that they were going to play if their opener got canceled. So they've got that lined up to play at Jinx. It's going to be a two-year contract. Harbor will play at Jinx this year. Next year, Jinx comes here. Uh, same thing with Bentonville West. They had a contingency plan lined up with B.A., with Broken Arrow. Uh, Broken Arrow is going to come here for, for this season. The next year, West will go to Broken Arrow. Mm-hmm. And, and so they, that worked out well for them. That won't be the case for, for every school. Some – some schools could end up having multiple open dates on their schedule. Yeah. Uh, well, you'll have you could have up to three with the non-conference games. Exactly. And, you know, then then you move into conference play. It just depends on who did you did you go all out of state with yours, or do you have some local games? I know uh, in the case of well Bentonville, they they're supposed to start the season against Liberty North out of the Kansas City area, but then they play Conway, and then they go. To Kansas City Rockhurst. So two of the three are in Missouri. Correct. Yeah. Um, so that's the case here in the state that maybe a lot of people don't understand is that the non-conference games here, especially for the Bentonvilles and Harbors and the, the large schools, is much more difficult than the smaller schools. And the reason being is that because there are only 16 7A schools and 16 6A schools, you don't want if you're if you're a Bentonville playing Conway is not really ideal for you because there's a chance you may play them again in the playoffs, but if you can't find an opponent, that's what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know that that's not what Jody wanted to do. He would rather have played someone that he wouldn't see again later in the season. But, um, you know, everybody's scrambling to find the same team. So that's one of the main reasons why the AAA is waiting, I think, on this is because of they need to see how how this is going to impact teams on, this, on the scheduling. Just before we came here, I, I called Lance Taylor with the AAA, and I said, you know, Lance, I said, I'm not calling you as a newspaper reporter. I said, I'm, I'm calling you friend to friend. Yep. And I said, what is your gut feeling right now? And he told me, he says, well, it changes from day to day. And, it, and that's right, it's and, fluid. And that's, an, I, that's probably about as honest an answer yeah. as he's going yeah. to give. That's, and he said that one day, you know, he feels good about it. The next day, it's not so much. 
But he says, if we have school, I, we'll have athletics. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, the numbers, you know, continue to be high on, on positive testing. Um, uh, the number that everybody needs to really watch is the hospitalizations. That's the one that impacts everything that we do. Um, you know, testing, testing positive and having COVID is far different than testing positive and having COVID and being hospitalized. That impacts so much more of your life and, and available hospital beds and, you know, heaven forbid you have to go on a ventilator. That's, that would be the last thing you'd want to do. Um, but that's the number that bears watching is hospitalizations. Yesterday, I think we were up some. And, of course, the state, our size, you know, that we're not New York. We're not Texas. You know, we're, we're much smaller scale. Um, so that number is the one that, that, you know, I'm sure that has, you know, everybody watches because um, that impacts so much. Um, but it's like the boys here said, the boys want to play. The girls want to play. The coaches want to play. Everybody wants to play. You just have to be smart about it. Exactly. I mean, uh, it's a case where, you know, even parents want to see them play. You know, if parents didn't want to see them play, why would you have these young kids at these weekend baseball tournaments? Exactly, exactly. I mean, you know, uh, the high schools want to play too, but they're just waiting for the okay to do so. Now, I heard this last week, and, and uh, uh, not with any attribution or anything, but, you know, there has been discussion in some states and some colleges have decided to flip their sports with their fall sports moving to the spring mm-hmm. um, and just saying, okay, we're not going to attempt to play at all um, in the fall. And uh, so there was, you know, there's been speculation that Arkansas might do the same thing. They might move baseball and softball to the fall and whatever. And, and when you first heard it, you said, we well, you know that kind of makes sense because they're playing baseball in the summer and softball in the summer. You can do that. Um, very little – uh, you know, there's obviously very little contact and things like that in those sports. But something that was mentioned that not a lot of people think about, if you were to start softball and baseball in the fall and something were to happen and you were to see a big spike in, in positives and you had to cancel those seasons, that's two years in a row you haven't had baseball and softball. Exactly. And that's not fair to a, a, an athlete in those sports to have to, you know, to have missed you don't recover from that. Well, and there's enough uncertainty because yeah. we all we all know that right exactly. now. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen next week. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. tomorrow. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so you're absolutely right. Yeah, so that was something I hadn't thought about. But then after thinking about it, I said, you know, that does make a lot of sense. I think the chances of that happening would be are, are very small, but any chance is a chance. And so uh, obviously we don't want to see those players uh, to have to miss, you know, two seasons. It was enough. You know, heartbreak seeing those the seniors, se- those seniors last, last year. year. You don't want to have to go through that again. Yeah. An interesting aspect of that, um, last night I was working on another story that was will be running in our paper here in the next few days, and I called Bentonville West girls soccer coach Carrie Castile, and I said, you know, I asked him, I said, if there was a decision where they flipped them, like football was going to be played in the spring and soccer would be played in the fall because that's when colleges – play their exactly. soccer matches. I asked him, I said, how fast could you get a schedule together? And he said, I know we couldn't do it in a day, but if they gave us a little time, I'm sure we could do it. Yeah. Who knows what the schedule would look like, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was something Chris Pratt, uh, the AD and soccer coach at Harrison, mentioned that most of us, you know, most of these 
sports we're talking about softball, baseball, soccer, they don't have schedules made right now. No. I mean, it would they'd have to throw one together. And uh, he also mentioned we're going to have when are you going to try to have track? When are you going to run track? Yeah. Yeah. You can't really run uh, lane to lane, can you? It, with social distancing. Somebody mentioned that this. Well, I wouldn't have to worry about that because yeah. they, you know, well, when, when the gun sounded, yeah, I'd, I'd yeah. have plenty of social distance. Yeah. But yeah. you, you could have more heat. You'd have to have more heats, but skip lanes. Yeah. yeah. You yes. know, uh, in case Bentonville's track has a nine lanes, you could run five pl- people in there. It'll yeah. take a few, you know, yeah. a little bit longer, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's interesting. Um, hopefully. The AAA will have their decision, if not by the end of this week, the first of next week, because that that, that the sand. What was the date? What, what was the old soap opera? The sand. The, the days, days of our lives. Yeah, the, 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 the sand, hourglass. Sands yeah. through the hourglass. <laughs> These are the days of our lives. That sand is not stopping. That sand. Those grains are falling, and uh, that hourglass on the top is almost empty. And it's it's you know it's time to uh, to, to let's go ahead and make a decision on what it's going to be, so that the coaches, the fans, the parents, the players, the media. Uh, everybody will know, you know, how to plan accordingly, and let's let's move on. Whatever whatever that decision is, uh, everybody will adapt to it. Um, so that's that's it for this edition of the podcast. Thanks for being here with us. We'll be back um, when the AAA makes a decision. We will come back with a podcast. We'll have some more guests with us, and we'll talk to some coaches, uh, maybe some more players. Get some more players like these two guys, and and uh, uh, talk to some some volleyball players and things like that, cross country. And uh, kind of get a whole, uh, kind of get their outlook and, and opinion on what's, uh, you know, what's going to happen. So that is, uh, that's it for this edition of Prep Riley the podcast. Thanks for listening with us. And uh, well, we're going to come back to you as, as uh, fast as we can. And uh, I'm Chip Souza. Thanks for joining us.